Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. It is me, your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlin. Um, I've had a wee week off. Uh, I'm back. I had a, a bit of rest and recuperation, aka I spent all of last Sunday in the pub and I was in no fit state to do a podcast the Monday following it. Um, but yeah, we've had week six of NFL action and it's been an upsetting weekend uh, and for some of us good ways and some of us who can have a chat later about why they're actually upset. Uh, not quite so good ways. Um, now, as always, folks, we will be kicking off with our kickoff question in a minute and we will, as always, be going for our statistic of the week. Now, remember, people, like, subscribe, give us a follow. You can find us on Twitter, on Threads, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, anywhere you get your podcasts. So please hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps everything out. And as always, get in touch. Uh, LinkedIn is particularly on Twitter. You'll always be able to get in touch with the crew there or any other social media platform. Now, as always, I am joined by some of the finest crew members that we have at our disposal. Now, it's it's no more bungle, lots more bengal. It's, it's <laughs> easy right now. It's no insensei, but Canada's is as close as we can make it. Um, so we're kind of taking that as close enough. Uh, it's Stu, how are you going, mate? I'm doing pretty well. It's actually been a, a pretty fantastic week. Um, obviously, I had my, my song, Gridiron, has dropped. And I know you lads were checking it, checking it out. So if, if anyone that's uh, listening or watching wants to, to go and check it out. Um, my artist name when I'm doing my electronic stuff is FOMO, which is F-A-U-X-M-O. And the track's called Gridiron, and you'll be able to find loads of, you know, I guess the fun game to play is try and spot who I've sampled. I've tried this game. I've tried this game, and I feel miserably because I'm hopeless at these games, but it is a fun game. Yeah, well, the one near the end, just to give one away, is uh, and because he sadly died the other week there, was uh, Dick Buckus does feature quite prominently. And yes. the uh, he's talked about, then there is a quote from him kind of later on, right, right at the end of the song as well. So uh, any Bears fans and all that, like, um, obviously condolences to the Buckus family and everything, but it's... Uh, I, as much as I'm a Bengals fan, I love Buckus kind of thing, and I, I know obviously watched him retrospectively and all that. One of the best players ever. But yeah, apart from that, also started a new job, so I'm uh, in the car park <laughs> on the lunch break. Is the commitment? The hence the reason I'm in the car. But <laughs> the commitment yeah. Stu has to this pod, ladies and gentlemen, is that he does this pod on his lunch break and has exceptionally comfortable looking automobile. Chrysler um, New Yorker, 1984 Chrysler New Yorker, which I have. <laughs> With a fallen headliner, uh, my my own car is in the shop right now, so I have no, a load no, of no, those things. That's, so. That is your car. Own it. I wish don't this be, was my car. Ashamed. I love it. <laughs> don't back down. Double down. Look, at the seats. Look how comfy right. these are. <laughs> okay, folks. Well, I'm I'm keeping the animal puns um, alive and well, and he's much less eagle, much more beagle this week. Um, he's he's jetting back down to earth with a bit of a bump. Uh, <laughs> it's Kev. Kev. We're going to treat this as a little bit of an emotional support pod for you this week, mate. How, are you okay? Do you need a minute and a wee cry? Uh, mate, I'll be fine. I've, uh, I've escaped to the wilderness. Um, if, if the camera's shaking around here while I'm doing this, it's because I'm I'm out of the lakeside and it's not where, where they, they hold the Darts World Championships. It's um, the, the edge of Loch Goyle. Um, so I'm out, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, licking my wounds, um, yeah, burying my, burying my head that? after a after a really disappointing weekend. Um, a lot like you went for a darkness retreat, like yeah, certain other NFL players that we could name. <laughs> but no, don't shut the curtains. Charlie, the timing of that, the, the darkness retreat, and the curtains shutting, and you going in and that. The only reason you can see me is that I've opened the curtains and left the light on in the cabin, and Charlie's just came over and tried to shut them. So, um, live, yeah. live broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all good here, Brian. Thanks. Looking forward to getting on with it. Excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. What, what a way to open the show, guys. I've got one man sat in a car with a roof liner falling in on top of him, and another man who's entirely dependent on his other half not closing one very <laughs> specific curtain. <laughs> right, okay, well, tell you what, guys, let's uh, let's crack on before uh, something terrible happens and we need to abandon ship. 
<laughs> um, we are going to get going with our kick-off question of the week. Now, ladies and gents, this one is up on... Oh, I was about to say it on Twitter, on X. I feel like I should be a superhero when I say that. Uh, it's up on X if people want to chip in, because this is it's an interesting one. Now, me and Kev have got some biases with this question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let Kev have the biases, and I'm, I'm going to try and go, go in another direction. Now, we've seen that one of the big stories of the NFL weekend was there are no undefeated teams left. We're going to talk about that as we go through the show today. Um, but what that really means is that the Dolphin, the 72 Dolphins' perfect season record remains intact for yet another year. We dance this dance every single year. We sit and we wait and we see who will be the last team to fall off. Did they stand a chance of doing it? Etc. 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 You know, we know the Patriots came really, really close um, that one year, um, but it's not been touched since '72. So we are what's that? 51 years that record has stood. So it kind of puts the point out there of. Is, is that just the perfect NFL season, utterly undefeated, winning it all without dropping a single game all year? Is that just the most difficult sporting achievement that you could actually look to, to set out to conquer? So that is our kickoff question for this evening, ladies and gents, is what is the most challenging sporting achievement that you can think of? Uh, Kev, I'm going to come to you first, mate. Kick us off. What, what would you hold up? And this doesn't actually need to have been achieved, gentlemen, just, just to throw that wee sideline in there. Um, it could be one that's theoretically possible, but nobody's ever managed. But Kev, where well, would you do this? I think, I think we'll stick to st- stuff that's been done because um, I think you could spend a whole pod just talking about this um, and with, without bringing in things that, <laughs> that, that are theoretical, that, you know, just imagining what could be what could be done. Um, and it's I think it's really hard. I mean... Looking at different sports and comparing them, it's tough. Um, I think things like a, a no hitter in baseball, um, to me, what seems seems like something that's really incredible. Um, I think I think that you know people might say, oh well, that's been done, you know, dozens of times since the last perfect season in the NFL. But when you think about the the number of baseball games that are played every season compared to you know. An NFL season, um, you know, it's, it's st- still really, really difficult. And and when you go through the sports, there's, there's tons of stuff like that. Um, I, I think for me and and our football um, and soccer, the uh, the team that I support, Celtic, um, doing a doing a quadruple treble, um, so winning four trebles in a row um, is for me. You know, because there's football leagues the world over, not just you know, not just in America. Um, and the fact that no other team has done that um, to date means that I think that that's a, a particularly impressive achievement. For, for clarity, for everyone listening, well, well, this is soccer football, obviously that we're talking yeah. about here, and yeah, <laughs> this is this is the unparalleled domestic dominance of Celtic Football Club in Scotland. Which continues yep. to this day, although not quite to the same degree it was when me and Kev are referencing here. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. That's a, a great shout. Get, getting quadruple, treble. So everything domestically that you could win, heels and bounce. Incredible, incredible challenge. Stu, what about yourself, mate? The greatest sporting challenge that you think is kind of is is it been achieved or could be achieved? I see this one's tough because there's a few that I thought of kind of straight off the bat, but. Um, the obvious one that I actually kind of mentioned in the group chat the other day was the, and partly because I live in Canada, so it's obviously in the ah. forefront of our mind and the season just started last week. I think in the salary cap era, so basically from the mm-hmm. late 80s, early 2000s onwards, winning a Stanley Cup in hockey, in the sta- and especially in the salary cap era, and also we're now in the 32-team era, I think that has to be one of the hardest things to do in sport. Because you're now sitting at a stage where, like, for example, I live in Edmonton and on their roster, there are five top player or five top paid players. So you're talking about a 23 man roster. The five top players take up 53% of the cap. Now, they do have dry sight on McDavid, who are two of the best players in the world. McDavid might be the greatest that's ever lived. We'll see how it pans out when his career's done. He's not won a Stanley Cup yet. He's came close the last few years. Like they've been put out, I think, the last three years in a row, they've lost to the eventual winner. And it's went seven games, whatever. It's maybe been like one goal overall. But 
the whole thing when you look at the ice hockey in general, you've got an 82 game season. You're kind of relying mm. on your health, keeping your goalies healthy, keeping your players like you know defenders, whoever. Then you hit the playoffs. So then all of a sudden you're going into the 16 best teams in the league, like are going into it, and they play best of seven series. It's series it's not games, even like, it makes it so much harder. Yeah, and then again, it's the same thing. It's like you're just kind of hoping that guys stay healthy for the whole thing. So like, a couple of years ago when the Oilers made it to the um, the Western Conference Final and they lost to Colorado Avalanche, Dreisaitl, the round before, uh, had his knee done in, so I think his MCL was gone, and possibly his ACL too, and they basically taped him back together, and they sent him out for seven games against Colorado, who ended up winning the Cup, but they were just like, well, we, you have to play, we don't really have an option, and Dreisaitl was going, well, of course I'm going to play, like, I'm a, I'm a giant psychopath who's, who, you know, I'm six foot three, I weigh 230 pounds, and I'm going around on knife blades. Whatever, we'll try to you know play or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm game. I'll I'll do that. But yeah, for me, it's it's ice hockey. Uh, not to crap in your quadruple treble, but it's not about the salary just, cap thing. I think it's a great point you make, Stuart. Like the one thing that I'll argue in favour of the you know uh, a perfect season in the NFL being like possibly the the most difficult in sport is is the fact that the NFL is geared up to level the playing field um, you know with, with the way the draft system works the way the draft system yeah. works and then obviously um, you know you've got salary cap in there as well so it's supposed to be really really tough for somebody to dominate um, so that, that's the one thing that I'll argue you know for that possibly being the you know the greatest achievement well, ladies and gentlemen, what you've just listened to is evidence that we don't compare notes before we go live. <laughs> because Jeff has just absolutely ripped my point out for under me. I, oh, I, no. I actually do think the NFL perfect season is, is probably the, one of the hardest things. Yeah. You, I'm going to say team sports because I think if you, we went down individual sports, in particular if we went down theoreticals, you could come up with all sorts of wacky things. Yeah. But the nature of how the league is constructed, you know, I mean, you've got a draft. You, yeah, you can trade picks, and yes, we know that with a cap, there's all sorts of black magic that teams work. But at the end of the day, there's still a cap, um, and it does, you know, the, the, as we've seen this season. I mean, think about it. At the start of this year, how many of us were calling Arizona, Atlanta to be complete tire fires? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you're going to be down there with the with the Browns of a couple of years back. You're going to go zero and seventeen, as it would be now. Yeah. And as we've seen, particularly this weekend, there's no mugs in the NFL. There are no gimme games. Yeah, there's games you should walk into and you might go, yeah, we're favourites. No games you walk in and say, no, this is this is just ours. And it's where, even as a Celtic fan, you know, I, mean, I hold my, ha my hands up before Stu gets too animated and angry. Um, like Celtic's dominance <laughs> of Scottish football, it's largely financial. You know, I mean, it's at the end of the day, we've got a lot more money at our yeah. disposal. There's no cap in, in, in Scottish football or, well, soccer, football in general. And it's why you, you look at teams like Man City and all the rest of it. There's reasons that these teams are doing what they're doing. They've got more yeah. clout. The NFL, yep, as I say, there's black magic. There's things that owners do. We all know about it. They kind of dance around with the cap, but it still exists. At the end yeah. of the day, you can't just go and pay your way to a Super Bowl. Teams have tried and teams have failed as I'm watching the Browns' season. Um, <laughs> that Deshaun Watson cat pit's coming. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm, I'm gonna cop out a wee bit with the question and say, actually, I agree with it. But the premise, I think it's the 72 Dolphins is possibly actually the hardest thing in pro sports to do. I really, I just with the way the league's set up, I don't see many, if any, teams ever achieving it. And as we've seen this weekend, very, very good teams, you can always have a have an off day, just be up against an opponent that wildly outplays you. Right. Okay, gentlemen. Thank you very much. So, with that all said, it is uh, time again to get ourselves just nice and nice and eased in to week six. Now, we are alarmingly far through the season. We are over a third of the way there now, chaps, which is, is devastating for me personally. Um, but yes, we are now officially over one third of the way through the season. Uh, I don't know, but exactly one third of the way through the season. Um, so, we're starting to see how things are shaking out. We're starting to see who's going to be the runners and riders and who we are possibly besting into the pits of hell already. Um, but we're going to go through some of the action this week. Now, Stu, 
has the season officially started now? For the Bengals? Yeah. Um, I would say that it's we're exactly where we would probably have hoped to be given the Borough injury. Well, like, still, you're exactly where you were before week one started. Yeah, even, which is fine. And now we're going into a bye week. So, yeah, no, for me, I have to say I'm pretty happy being three and three, like given how the year started and how it looked after the first two weeks. So I I would say if the season's starting now, that's fine. We're, the past few years, we've not been strong starters, is uh, one of the things I would say. And then we do seem to rally towards the end of the year, um, which is funny because la- even last year, I seem to remember us getting the big licks. Like after our start to the season, when we went 0 2, people started going, like, Oh, the Bengals are in trouble because that end of the season schedule is so tough. And then we yeah. proceeded to go on that run like towards the end of the year. And we ended up almost, if things hadn't happened with Damar Hamlin, like, who knows what would have happened. We maybe yeah. would have caught the Chiefs for that number one seed. So it's, it's interesting. We seem to turn up as the season goes on. So hopefully that's the case. I hope I haven't cursed it, but. Yeah, for me, I think the season starts now after our bye. So, right, okay, well, let's not, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what, what lies in front of you um, in a minute, actually. But yeah. just just thinking about uh, the, the Seahawks game, um, I mean, it was, all things considered, it was a very, very tight game. You know what I mean? What were, what were your, as a, as a Bengals fan, what were your big takeaways? Let, let's start with the good things. Let's start with the positive. What did you really enjoy watching that game? The defence, 100%. The defence, um, the last few games, they've been showing flashes. I get mm-hmm. back to where we know they can be and what they have been the last two years. Um, and in the game on Sunday, especially in the second, you know, obviously a tight scoring game, 17-13. And in the second half, our defence just took over and seemed to really snuff the Seahawks out. Now, something I'd kind of wrote down like before I came on the show tonight here where uh, it's actually something like over the last two years, the Bengals uh, in the second half in overtime are 21% better than anybody else at stopping touchdowns or not allowing touchdowns. There's no stat in like team stat in the league where another team is 21% or even 15% better than every other team. So that's something that we, when it seems to kind of get down to that, like, you know, the, the nail-biting time, especially in close games, when you get down to that nail-biting time of how games are won and lost, our defence is top in that stat alone. Right, well, I'm going to crap all over your parade now. Um, so, <laughs> actually, your, your defence was actually really good on <laughs> Sunday. They were brilliant. Um, really, 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 I actually watched, I didn't, I won't say I sat and watched the whole Bengals yep. game, clearly a lie, but I caught bits of it through the heads and the rest of it, and he's well looking good. Um, but but one of the biggest things the Bengals have had going for them in recent years, you know, certainly the Joe Burrow era, yeah, has been that offense, that dynamic offense, particularly that wide receiver room. Who, hey, do you know what? Do you know what? You go, you double Jamar. That's fine. You triple Jamar because we've got Higgins and we've got Boyd as well. We've got all of these different weapons that can come at you. Mixon does his traditional one game a year where he puts up 500 yeah. yards and then he takes the rest of the year on holiday. Um, and anybody <laughs> that has him on fantasy just enjoys trying to find that one game yep. where you really want to play Joe Mixon. Um, but you look at the stat line for, for last night, you know, a game that, okay, Seattle are no mucks. They are a good, solid team. You know, they're, they're sitting in uh, three and two. So, you know, they are. A lot of people are saying that they're going to be there or thereabouts in terms of the playoffs. Receiving yards. Jamar Chase, 80 yards on six receptions. Then it plummets to sub 40. And there's really not a huge amount happening for the rest of the Bengals' offense. Total total rushing offense, 46 yards. 38 of them are mixing. Are you in a place, which seems mad to ask a Bengals fan this, are you in a place where you're not just thinking, do you know what, we just need to lean on the defence and hope that they'll give the offence a bit of an easy ride here? Um, I mean, obviously, that that's sort of what I was getting at when I was saying, you know, when you asked me, what did I like about the game? And I'm like, oh, the defence. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I would agree that, I mean, to be honest, the first half, the offense was good because that's when all the offense happened. Like, it was 80 yards for Jamar. Like, you know, when the game started, like, by the time we were going into the, because I think our first two possessions, we scored touchdowns as well. Like, uh, we, you know, one in the one in the first quarter, one in the second. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because the, the Seahawks started the game with like a fucking eight minute possession or something ah, like yeah, that. Like crazy long as well. Game. Well, they kind of slowly trundled up the field, kind of thing, and then we scored straight away. And um, then the second one, it's actually shout out to birthday boy Yoshivas. His first yeah. ever NFL touchdown yeah. on his birthday, and it was great to see Joe Burrow with that damaged hamstring running to go get the officials. Be like, we need that ball because he needs to get that ball. <laughs> That's his birthday. First ball. TD and it's his birthday. But um, yeah, like I mean, when we had the ball first half, I actually thought things were looking really good offensively. It was in the second half. Whether that was more the Seahawks defense started to kind of figure out what was going on scheme wise. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely slowed down. My counterpoint to your thing about like, oh, you know, Jamar Chase 80 yards and then the rest of it falls down is we were, Higgins is playing with damaged ribs. So we were, you know, he's kind of, he's not seeing the ball as much. And then you are seeing guys like Yoshivas getting involved. We're trying to work our Smith into the game a little bit more as well. And so he's not really been great so far for me. No. But how much of that is Joe Burrow's injury? The other issue is, I don't know if you clocked this, uh, Brian, when the bits that you did see the game, um, and I'm glad the I'm glad the buy's coming for the second half. Orlando Brown Jr., he'd left the game with a mm. groin injury. Yep. So he missed time. So you've got that whole thing of, yet again, the Bengals' offensive line issues. As soon as they get <laughs> one injury, it starts to plummet. But, I mean, it seemed to just be a groin tweak. So I, I think the fact that they kind of sat him out the game and we'll likely get to this when we talk about the Browns and uh, another offensive lineman who stayed in the game. And I don't know if it was a good idea, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, like for for the Bengals, I'm not actually that because it is the bye. I'm not that worried about the offense at all because we know what it can do. We know what Higgins can do when he's fully healthy. We know what Burrow can do when he's healthy. The other thing as well is like as much as. Yeah, he was, what, 24 or 35, only 185 yards. He did throw an interception, I will yep. say that. But, you know, he did have a couple of touchdowns. Um, and to me, he has looked better, kind of thing, like, you know, the last few weeks. And he's he's trending up. And with that injury, maybe, you would expect that. Maybe Joe Burrow actually needs more injuries in that offensive line. Because if he knows that it's entirely chalked in front of him, he knows he has to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it <laughs> maybe it's one of those like, kind of reverse psychology things. Yeah, Kev, were you in the Bengals? This is this is the one that I'm interested because, in like, I'm not going to pretend. Well, I'm going to pretend the Browns are contenders. Just wait till we get to my bit. Um, <laughs> but speaking of a guy that's a fan of an actual team that's a contender, you must look across at the AFC, and you, we, we we're not going to dance the whole dance of ah, the AFC's got all the amazing <laughs> quarterbacks, the NFC's poverty side of the league. I said, but we're not playing that game because you're you're an Eagles fan, so you don't. Uh, you've got and I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> That's you've, okay. you've, you've got a real quarterback. Even even if I said the rest of the NFC's guff, yours is good. Um, when you look at the Bengals, who again, yeah, we'll talk about Bills and Chiefs and all the rest of that another day. The Bengals are always in the Super Bowl conversation. Or they certainly are most of the time now, even with the the start to the year that they've had. Um, because Stu says the, the Bengals famously start poorly, and they they always seem to kind of come good, or they certainly have recently. The last few years, not, not always. Let's not say always. Well, yeah, recently, recently. <laughs> the Joe, all all comments refer to the to the kind of Joe Burrow era. I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Do you look at the Bengals and do, do they give you as, as a as a Philly fan? Do they give you ooh? We are they something you would like to see in a Super Bowl, or are they something you would like to avoid? Uh, oh, that's a good question. It's coming off the back of the game that we're just coming off, um, and you know. Touching on what Stu, uh, Stu said about the, their defense, um, don't like playing against good defenses. Um, so I don't think that I would. Browns. I would. Really, I don't. All the Browns, yeah. I don't. I don't think I would relish um, going up against the the Bengals because, like you said, the, the, their defense is excellent, and you just know that sooner or later, as the season progresses, that that offense is going to click. They've still got all those weapons. Uh, the only thing that would concern me as a Bengals fan would be. You know, if it doesn't come soon, you know, you know, the longer you go not playing, does it start to get in your heads? Is is there a bigger issue? You know, that that's for me. And but like you said, the last couple of seasons they've done the exact same thing, started slow and improved as the season goes on. So if you know, if if they start if they start improving now, then uh, there's no reason I can see why they wouldn't go all the way um, to the the Super Bowl this year. What I was wondering is. Um, I wanted to ask Stu as a Bengals fan is 
where does he think they need to get to on the season to to make it to the playoffs? And does he th- feel right now, looking at them, that they're going to get there? Um, what, what makes a Bengal season a success? I well, mean, what, what you know, what record? What record do you need to to get to 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 make it into the playoffs? And do you think that you'll get there? Ten and seven. Um, I think we need to, and that's because I think two teams are going to make it from our division. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're the second place team, you need to be ten and seven, uh, and then obviously you're going in as one of the lower seeds. Um, and we've been there before and done that. Do I think we're going to win the division? I guess is the second part to this, or the second part to that first bit of the question. Um, to be honest, I still think we could. I know we're right now we're sitting we're fourth in the division because we have the two divisional losses. Yeah. The, the Browns have played one less game as well. Um, mm. The Browns. And we will get to them, and Brian's going to wax lyrical about them. Obviously, I still think <laughs> question marks about their offense because I think they may, we know Chubb. They're kind of playing at the peak as they can. Offensively, mm. their defense is incredible. The Ravens, I don't know what's going on with the Ravens because coming into this season, I looked at them and I thought the Ravens could be a really good team, but they just look discombobulated and not right. Like sometimes they look all world. And then occasionally they just seem to revert to, like, oh, just going to run it a bit. But defences see it coming now and they seem to be able to stop them. The Ravens' D is also very good. Um, yeah. The Steelers, they only have a defence. They're definitely going to fall apart and drop off. So I think they're they're coming nowhere close. So I think the Bengals make it. It's just a question of can we still win? I thought we were easily winning the division before the season started, but then all the injuries and da da da, and that happens yeah. in sport. And that goes back to is the seventeen and zero thing maybe the hardest thing to do in sport? Yeah, so, you know, the Dolphins did sixteen and zero, seventeen and zero, maybe the hardest thing in sport. Yeah, <laughs> might be impossible. <laughs> See with the Ravens, I'm going to call it. They are, they are. I'm now trying to remember the name of the team. That the Monsters All Star Team. From the OG uh, Space Jam, Space Jam from <laughs> yes. So see, like, when, when they are the Monsters, that's when Lamar's playing around it all clicks. Yeah. And every now and again, the magic just wails off, and they turn into those wee pipsqueak things again. And it all <laughs> yeah. just inexplicably goes terribly. Yes, uh, it's so, so weird, but no, no, good, good question. Yeah, it doesn't okay. make sense. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that worried. Um, I guess, like looking at it from the Seahawks side, just to kind of touch on them. Mm. A bit as well, like uh, they're another team that like they they just seem to be like this annoying tick or something that just won't go away. Like yeah. I imagine that people in the NFC must feel like that. They were good for so you know the Seahawks were good for so long, and you look at the Pats in the AFC and you think, okay, you've kind of had your time. You won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson was gone. They were meant to fall apart, but they're still kind of there or thereabouts, and they keep hanging around. And Pete Carroll just seems to kind of keep working miracles and somehow pulls things together. Um, but seeing them play against us, and especially the second half when it was their offence against our defence, yes, they had some big plays that got them down the field and some first downs, but whenever they got into the red zone, things just, like our D-line just shredded them. And you have to think for them, the Seahawks, they're a team that if they're looking at the playoffs, they're not. They're a one and done team again this year because I just can't see Kenneth Walker. I know people seem to really like him, but he he kind of reminds me a bit of Joe Mixon. Like he occasionally gets these big chunk runs, and then the rest of the time he's basically just banging his head against the wall and going like two two yards. He just doesn't seem to have the explosiveness. So I'm not sold on him. Um, DK, we got into his head. Like, I mean, we're like uh, CTB, like uh, Cam Taylor Britt on his birthday as well, gets an interception, draws flags from him, largely ro- locked him up. And he's supposedly the biggest bully wide receiver in the league. Like, you know, he's a shifty guy that's going to kind of do stuff to you. So if you can rile Metcalf up, I think you you kind of knock him out of the game. He did put up 70 yards on the day. I know fair, he did. But, but we still shut him down in the important areas, didn't we? <laughs> is the thing. So, yeah. right. We're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling. Um, before Stu just sits here and enjoys sticking the boot into the into the Seahawks, until yeah. we're gonna go from um, we're gonna go for one NFC team that uh, Stu describes as a tick, uh, who just keep winning we'll and won't go away. To another NFC team that have a nasty habit, or do they of consistently winning? Now, I am gonna preface this before Kev even gets on. 
And I'm going to say that Kev called this. Kev has been really, really on point with the Eagles all year and about how they have just, just been doing enough to get themselves over the line in games. And he was really, he's always said he was dead concerned about when is that going to, when are they going to fall that wee bit shy? And Kev, <laughs> it might have happened against, of all teams, the New York Jets. Um, so, yeah. Kev, give me, give me your thoughts, your reflections on the game, mate. It, it, was, a, it was a weird game. Strange, strange game. Let, let me just start start by uh, giving credit to the Jets um, because I've got a ton of excuses and a ton of thoughts on what went wrong for us. <laughs> but before I get on to all of that, I just want to say the Jets' defence was outstanding, as they are. Um, and that's why, you know, when, when I was asked if I fancied coming up against the Bengals later on in the year in the Super Bowl, uh, my answer had to be no because, um, you know, I've, I've, I've just got a bit of... Um, I don't know trauma um, for for the weekend, um, but the yeah the the game itself it was weird. It looked for the majority of the game like we were just doing what the Eagles do, which is just enough. That's that's the way it was last season. That's the way it's been so far this season. Um, and it, it had the feel as though you know that we we're just doing the same again. Although watching it. I started to get really uneasy, um, probably you know somewhere in the third quarter. I'm thinking this is not going to go our way, mm-hmm. um, and the reason for that there's a number of things. Um, we had Jalen Hurts running around, escaping sacks, um, you know, trying to throw balls up the line. He, he had three interceptions. Um, or, or three turnovers um, and probably lucky not to have a, one or two more if I'm being honest the way he was scrambling and just chucking balls up the line um, so that that was that was unusual um, as much as it was like more of the same it was it was different um, and then uh, what else did we have I mean we led like from the you know the, the, the off. We, yeah we led, we led from the, the first quarter till inside the two minute warning for, for the end of the game um, so we, we were always in front and as I said a lot of people might have thought oh, yeah the Eagles are just doing what they do and they'll, they'll get this yeah. win but there was just something different as I said I think the pressure that um, that the Jets were bringing to Hurts was different um, it, I think Hurts looked knackered by the end see, see in that final drive where we had the chance to go back up and score I didn't have any confidence at all because the previous couple of drives um, we done nothing. As I said, they spent all his time running away for for the D line, um, and I think that um, maybe maybe we have to look at our O line there and say they they weren't much as good wanted, as much yeah, Philadelphia they, O line. They maybe weren't on their game. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe you know they didn't give Hurts the protection that they normally give him. But I think you've got to give credit to to the D for that. And um, the other thing. Obviously, this is where the big excuse comes in because our D, <laughs> our D was, you know, massively, massively weak. Um, we, you know, we, we went into the game missing a few key players. We then lost a few guys mid-game who had to get pulled out. So our D was shocking. But again, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of take away too much credit for the Jets because they, they you know, they hung in there. Um, they'd done enough to, to give themselves a chance, and you know they, they went up the, the 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 park right at the end and, and scored the winning touchdown. Um, now the, the last thing I would say is, you know, for this for me at the beginning of this uh, this season, I looked at that game and thought that was a potential game where I thought maybe we might we might lose. You know, that's one of the games we might give up. Um, but that was pre Rogers getting injured. That was pre the shit show that the Jets have been for the past, you know, <laughs> month and a half. Um, but I think there's real signs there in that game that the Jets are getting their shit together. Um, you know, I'm, what, I'm, that's, I'm say it, ever since, ever since Zach Wilson has been Donna Kelsey, that record, <laughs> that, that record, those performances have been on point. That young man is a man inspired. inspired I, mean, by, by, I just by think... I just think, um, yeah, I, I was really looking forward to watching the Jets this season. You know, with the whole, you know, with the whole circus surrounding Rogers going there and everything like that. And I was, I was genuinely, 
um, excited about seeing what how it, how it all went down. And I was gutted when he when he snapped his his Achilles like in the first in the first game. Um, and I've I've not watched them. You know, I haven't watched them at all because you know all my interest just dissipated when that happened. So this is the first time I've actually watched them um, this season. And as I said, I've got to give them credit; they were they were better than I expected them to be. We we didn't have a great game. We weren't particularly good, um, but you know, uh, we'll we'll, we'll get back on. We'll get back to winning ways next week against the Dolphins. It's one of the ones you look at. You look down the line, and you. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> talk about that for the next time you minute, Kev. Don't worry, we won't. We won't let that one slide past us. Um, you look at this. I say, like, oh, do you know what? I think there was a wee bit of a marker was played down that this was going to be a tricky game right off the rip. When that was it, the first drive, the second drive, when you had Hutz just manhandling. Like three defenders dangling off him, and he still chucked a completion. You know what I mean? He still put a pass yeah. through. Be like, hang on a minute. Why are there three of them dangling off him? How how yeah. have we got to this particular point in reality? <laughs> three opposing players dangling on the quarterback. And um, it just felt like that the whole game, Brian, didn't it? Uh, I mean, it didn't, it didn't stop. Well, you look at Quin- Quincy Boys. I've been having a, this. Is, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, when you scroll past the offensive stats and you look at the defensive ones as well, you see some really interesting stuff. Quincy Williams had twelve total tackles, he had nine solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and he recovered a fumble. Yeah, and you were up against that. You then had CJ Mosley. He sat there with nine tackles, eight in his own. As you say, you've got the three picks. Um, yeah, that and let's not forget the Jets. I know obviously the Eagles are banged up on defense. Jets were without sauce, so you know yeah. what I mean. They're, they're they're missing one of the big defensive weapons as well, and they still. I'm not going to say they they bossed the Eagles around. You still put 14 points on the board, but yeah. they were certainly a major major issue. Um, I and it's it's just a, it does go to show you that even when you've got you know I mean AJ Brown putting up 131 yards. That was fantastic. Great day for him at the office. No touchdowns, but Devonta Smith. Then again, I mean, but to be fair, if I dug into the Bengals, I should dig into the, the Eagles as well because you yeah. go for that 131 yards to Devonta Smith on 44 on more targets. So yeah. it, it, is there then that worry that there's, there's that lack of dynamism in the offense, that there's the lack of potential, or am I being just a bit harsh and a bit unfair and I'm taking credit away from what was a brilliant defensive showing with the exception of defending AJ Brown but yeah I, mean, I, I was going to just say I, see, see for us normally we've got you know a committee um, a committee of running backs mm-hmm. Swift done okay um, but largely um, in the air you know he, he, he was a receiving back more than a running back on the ground we've we done nothing you know Gainwell Scott uh, Swift nothing nothing was working in the run game um, like you say only really in the air it was um, it was AJ um, Devontae didn't really do much had, had a poor game to be honest um, I think Goddard after his game last week we're looking forward to trying to you know get him going as well he done okay you know if we got a reception done decent but Again, it just it was one of these days where nothing works, and I think, you know, the the only thing that was working was uh, was Jalen's legs. That's that's all. The only thing that was working for us um, on Sunday was 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 Jalen Hurts' legs, um, and inevitably those tired. You know, you can't keep running away for those big guys, taking hits off those big guys. I mean, early in the game, he did, you know, manage to to you know scramble in, and he managed to um, get a, a few great passes off. Um, but the longer the game went on, that all just stopped happening. Um, and when you've got a quarterback that's under pressure, he's he's, he's not seeing any anything up the field, and he's too busy looking over his shoulders. It just, as I, I'm going to just give all the credit to the Jets D and say that you know they've done a number on us. Um, it's just it was just one of those days. Well, tell you what, we we notion in the Jets then. So there's here's our, our two questions. Still, you you can take take these first then. One, you know, they're both in the same position, and it's not a surprise which position it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Are the Jets really, this was all the chat before the season, are the yeah. Jets really a team that are a quarterback away from picking up a ring? And that, that quarterback's meant to be Aaron Rodgers, and he's not about, well, there's a chat that he'll maybe be about for the for the playoff potential. We all seen him uh, before the game last night, dancing about, chucking some balls, certainly not looking like a man with a torn Achilles. 
Um, so that, that probably tells us his recovery is going well. But so are they a quarterback away in the immediate term? But then, you know, part B to this question, is Zach Wilson beginning to show people enough that I'm not going to use the phrase franchise quarterback, but I'm going to say potentially a journeyman, maybe a starter somewhere long term? What do you think, Stu? So one, are the Jets a quarterback away? I mean, like it's hard to win the Super Bowl, but I would say yes. If they had Aaron Rodgers, I think the record would be even because I've not done poorly right now. Three and three. Record right now. Three and three. Three and three. So, and even in that, there was a game that they maybe should have won if things had went their way call wise. Shall we say mm. we won't we won't go back into that again? Oh. We're not. Sorry, yeah, we're not. We're, we're, we're not. Duds, we're not doing it again. Um, <laughs> right, but yeah, I would say they're a quarterback away. And uh, if Aaron Rodgers was playing, I think that they would probably be sitting four and two. Maybe they'd be five and one as well. Maybe five and one, maybe. Um, Zach Wilson, as for him, um, I think he's doing enough. He's shown that he can do enough to steady the, but you know, keep things ticking along a bit. I'm still not convinced that he can be a starting quarterback long term. Now, the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers there, and if Aaron Rodgers can help him out a bit this year, which he seems to be doing, uh, and then even if, sure to, even if he was to play next year again with the Jets, could Zach Wilson step in here after that? After two years, Aaron Rodgers kind of you know learning from one of the best. He might be able to. I mean, I think he might do a better job than Jordan Love is doing in Green Bay. <laughs> Just say we've got there's, there's more than a few starters around the league who have uh, quotes on sugarly pigs. What about yourself, Kev? What do you think? Are, are the Jets a quarterback away? Is is that the only thing that team needs? Um, what well, well, I would say, I think there's maybe there's maybe one or two other small pieces that they need. Um, but uh, you know the 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 old saying. D's win championships. They've got the D that's you know yep. capably um, taking them all the way in with, with a, a QB like Aaron Rodgers, and they do have some decent weapons there. But I, I think maybe maybe just just you know one or two um, additions to their offense um, for Rodgers. You know um, he can't do it all on his own. Rodgers isn't a you know a, a QB that's going to scramble and you know. <laughs> get yards, get yards on the run. Um, so I, th- I think, as particularly at the stage of his career, he's at. You know, he's got the, he's got you know all the, all the tricks. Um, but he needs, the, he needs the options. Um, I, I don't know if they're maybe just a wee bit light. Um, in terms of, in terms of the, the you know, receiving options. But, um, I, I certainly, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they made it all the way with, with a fit Rogers firing in the, um, in the team. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be really one to look at next year. Stay on you go, mate. I have one question for Kev based on yeah. something earlier and uh, the Eagles a bit there. Um, <laughs> now, you, you brought up the game that's happening next week, the the Dolphins. Yeah, now, oh, yeah. You're well done. Most, we most away, the, well done. Yeah. Most of the power rankings this week have the, the Dolphins at number one. I've noticed, and we're obviously we were talking earlier about teams that you would not want to face. We'll be in the correcting Super Bowl. that in a minute, folks. You said <laughs> you said the Bengals wouldn't really want to face them because of the defense. The Browns, I imagine, you won't want to face them because of the the defense as well. They're even better than the Bengals. Yeah. Um, now the Dolphins, they have probably the most high powered offense in the league. That's why they're number one and, in the power rankings. Um, and you all know, I've said it in previous shows. I really like Josh McDaniels. I, I love his style. I love what he's done with the Dolphins. Now, their area of weakness to me, though, is basically the defence. So if you're an Eagles fan, how, you know, if you were to choose one of those top seeds from the AFC, why is it the Dolphins? <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, why, why would I fancy playing them? Yeah. So you, you you get to pick your Super Bowl opponent from the realistic list of AFC yeah, right. contenders. Okay, so I mean, just pro, as I said, um, probably because I, I would fancy us to just do enough. Um, I would fancy us to take them on in a in a shootout. Um, you know, with the weapons we've got, we'll we'll put up good numbers. Our defense is usually decent. Our, our defense yeah. is usually pretty good. I mean, we. We done all right against San Francisco last year. I know 
that in the playoffs the 49ers you know lost two quarterbacks and all the rest of it but you know we we held up to to their offense which is pretty spectacular at times i don't see any reason why we can't do the same thing against um against miami um especially now that i change it i know that you know they've got is it wilson coming back off ir potentially um yeah, um, <laughs> the Mostert show, exactly. If they've just got Mostert and they want to run him all day against us, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to see them try. Yeah, I'd be happy to see them try. But no, I, I just, I, I think for me, yeah, I, 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 right now, just seeing what see, seeing what uh, what happened to us at the weekend there, I'd much rather go up against somebody with a great offence and, and a questionable D um, and just have a shootout, let's see who can put up the most points because um, I've got a lot of faith in, um, in our guys to do that. Um, not so much I, against... I, 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 love, I love the faith in that, Kev. I, I love it. So, you know, our D is decent. As long as you're not going to totally neuter the offence, I reckon we can go toe-to-toe. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, that's I like that. That's, that's also yeah. exactly... I mean, I kind of worded the question in a way that just to present it to you that way too. But yeah. yep. that's also out of, out of all the people that are, you know, if you look at the people that could be content. I know I said the Bengals and the Browns. I'm not saying that. Obviously, I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, and I do think we'll get better. But I'm not putting us in that bracket of team that has a real good chance of making that. I still think it's the Chiefs. Um, the Dolphins are obviously good, so they'll be up there. The Bills. You know, the, the Bills are the Bills. They're an our team that has a good defence and stuff, and they do have weapons, digs mainly, but uh, they can go for it. But out of those teams and then the Dolphins, I think you would probably want to face the Dolphins more than any of those teams with the really solid defences. Yeah. Most, most teams would agree with that, I reckon. I reckon yeah. most of the NFC will be looking at the AFC right now and going, out of your realistic contenders, the Niners, we, reckon, yeah. we, can, we can probably take Miami most. Yeah, the right, okay, chaps. To. We are gonna move on and we're gonna move on because see, for the first time and it feels like forever, I get to have my moment in the city comes <laughs> and I get to sit here and be happy and celebrate not only not only Victory Monday, well, it's Victory Tuesday now, not only Victory Monday, Victory Monday over who are unarguably sorry, Ken, the most <laughs> well-rounded well-balanced team in the league right now. The San Francisco 49ers sit down in your place. You cannot be doing this. What what a game. Honestly, my, my heart was in absolute bits the entire game. Now, before, before, dear listener, I get somebody on Twitter being a very angry uh, 49ers fan and telling me about how McCaffrey went out with a knock and Debo went out with a knock and you were missing people and there was injury. We started P.J. Walker. <laughs> he signed with a practice squad like 10 days ago or something ridiculous. I don't actually know how recent it was, but it was really bloody recent. Um, total practice squad quarterback. And he was fine. He was, well, to be fair, the big thing that came out of that game for me with the quarterback play was the quarterback play we had on Sunday was the quarterback play that should have been schemed up for DTR uh, three weeks ago before the bye. Um, we had DTR chucking bombs down the field and funny enough, getting picked off. Um, and everything, well, not everything, but most of the stuff last night was short, sharp, snappy passes, lots of screens, lots of things just to give. And not an inexperienced quarterback. PJ Walker's been about. You know, I mean, he's been in the league a number of years. He spent time in the. He's definitely spent time in the XFL. I think he spent time in the CFL. Stu, this is normally where you be in with Canada fans. Oh, I should know. I'm going to say no. Well, he's certainly been in the XFL. There was a chat before he got hurt in the XFL. He was yeah. on for their MVP. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, not hurt. He didn't get hurt. That that was the year the XFL got rolled up like halfway through the season. Yeah. Um. So he's, he's been about, but there's a reason he's been about and he's not been an NFL starter. But he was given a playbook that suited him. And we did. We did what Cleveland does. And we leaned on a run game. We had, what, cumulatively, what, 34 carries? 17 of them to 4, 12 to 100, 160-odd yards on the ground. 
brilliant stuff. And yeah, Walker chucked up a couple of picks. He threw two. He also chucked a couple of massive bombs. Amari Cooper's one in particular, where he somehow came up on the sidelines and brought the one in for 58-odd yards was incredible. But there is no way, and no way at all, for me to say anything about this game other than, yes, PJ Walker was fine. Cleveland Browns, Jim Schwartz, if if I could bear you a child, I would. I am that grateful. Cleveland Browns defense is elite. I am going to, as a shamelessly biased Cleveland fan, we are without question, there is not even an argument that we have the best defensive unit in the league. There is not a conversation to be had. We have given up some, it's like something like the least total yards since the 50s through the first six games of the season. We've held and say the vaunted Niners offense to what, a total 220 odd yards on offense or something like that. It's a hilariously low number. And we do it week in, week out. Gentlemen, all I am going to say at this point is that I cannot wait for the parade through Cleveland because we are clearly <laughs> coming back on the bus now. That is, there is going to be rings all round. Do you know what, uh, Brian? The, the bus may as well just keep driving straight to Canton, Ohio, and the whole team, bus included, yeah, straight into the Hall of Fame. Oh, right, right after immediately. Like, Super Bowl's done, lifted, right, everybody on the bus. Off we go. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna wind up so you know the dark days when the Browns vanished for a couple of years. That's gonna happen again. We're just gonna retire the team. We're gonna win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> hey, that's it, boys. We'll just wrap up. There'll be top. a new Baltimore team. <laughs> right, that's it. Done. We're finished with it. Oh right. Oh, I feel better, guys. I've had my moment. I've had my moment in the sun. I feel good about life. I feel good about football for a change on a Sunday. And it's great because I can enjoy this one because a certain quarterback who shall not be named didn't play. Um, <laughs> I can actually enjoy it. Um, it was a tense game. So this is where, as Stu, you, I'm going to assume you probably didn't watch it because we were in the early window alongside you. So I'm going to assume you were tuned into the Bengals and you were the top more- red zone. I mean, I, I caught bits through Red Zone and then I watched the 10-minute the highlight or, you know, the 10-minute highlight game in preparation for this uh, podcast as well. So I, I caught some of it and I was also getting a running commentary from my buddy Joe, who's a San Francisco 49ers fan. And it sounded like they were, like the Niners were being brutally robbed the entire time as well. It sounded like you guys were dirty and uh, you weren't getting flags you should have been getting. And the I'm going to say net. So Joe may net, have been biased is what I'm trying to net, say. I'm giving it. I'm, well, no, net, net. Over the course of the game, I'm going to say the Niners were one flag on the wrong side. Okay. Like, over the, the, the kind of, you know, bad, ones that should have went for us, should have went for them, so on and so on. Um, overall, I'm going to say there was two first half refs weren't great for us. They, they really yeah. weren't. And Joe Kush did the touchdown. Um, that was taken off the board. Um, and there was another one that I can't remember now. And then there were, there were three uh, in the second half. The Zebras were kind to the Browns in the second half. There was three, particularly in the lead-up to the um, to one of the field goals. Um, there was a holding call that was absolutely not holding <laughs> in, yeah. in any I, reality. I did, I did actually watch like live the, the final, because I saw your last possession and then the Niners final drive as well so I will say and I, I know I talk about in the pod all the time I really love uh, I love Purdy because I talk about the Purdy shuffle a lot and what I will say as much as yeah people like calling him a systems quarterback and that and that's exactly what he is and I, I will back up he's a perfect quarterback for that system because it is a very good system to be fair to Purdy even with the injuries and things and the missing McCaffrey and da 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 he still marched them down the field at the end of the game and got them into field goal range. Yep. And Moody, in front of his poor, poor Jake Moody, the rookie, uh, who in the, the show last week, I was talking about how great a season he was having, which he, he is, he's still having a good season. His, whole, last night. his whole family, yeah. he, had about like, he had about 20 family members at that game. They were all there to watch him. First time they've all seen him playing his NFL game. And he misses his first two field goals of the season. So... Clearly, he needs to tell his family never come to a game ever again. 
That that because had to be the longest, the <laughs> longest plane ride back to San Francisco in the world for that guy. Like, don't get me wrong, I was doing the full bit, you know, blowing at the telly and everything, trying to yeah. make sure it missed. Uh, but <laughs> even even after the joy died down, even I felt bad for the guy. That must yeah. be heartbreaking. No, I, right. th- I mean, I've I've said it like a few times throughout this podcast, though. Like, and you obviously just had your giant rant about it, but. Hats off to your defence. Like they're they're absolutely. Yeah. And the, the other thing I would say on the Purdy thing too is people are saying, "Oh, he's a fraud." Look, they shot him down. Look at the other quarterbacks that you've done this to in every single game this season. Nobody's been able to do anything this season, and it was Lamar. Lamar's the only quarterback that we've played because he was able to run it as well. That's yeah. the thing. That's that's <laughs> it. It's everybody else. And I'll take your excuses about it. it was game one, Joe Burrow. Um, I'm not really having it. Um, yeah, no, no, okay. I, I'm, Tannehill's, I'm, Tannehill's I'm Tannehill. Um, oh. We're not really going to beating Tannehill's no up too much. Constraining Kenny Pickett's not too much. To be fair, Steelers won that game. As much as they didn't do a lot on offense, that's not the Steelers. The Steelers win games in defense. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, our defense is legit. Um, this I was going to ask you the same question. I was going to come back and run another defense question. I'm not going to do that to you because we know where you stand. But looking. <laughs> Looking, looking at the Niners, and this is where it's uh, you've kind of led us into this to a wee bit. Purdy has been getting some MVP level chat. Is this the kind of thing where did last night show Purdy up, or did last night just confirm what Purdy is? Purdy's to me, Purdy's not an MVP level quarterback. He's not. He's not even a great quarterback. Purdy is a good quarterback. He's good enough. He's in a great situation. He's got great supporting cast. And he is good enough to make that machine work. He's not going to put that team on his back like a Mahomes, like a Hutz, like a Burrow, and just win you the game all on his own. Has he been shown up to be a bit of a fraud? Or does this just confirm that's just the guy he is? And we've all been getting a bit overhyped and overexcited. I, th- I think that uh, it's, a, it's a really good question, but See, see, for me, when you're talking about he's a system quarterback and he's in a good system and blah, 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 blah. I mean, see, see, when you look at the great quarterbacks like Mahomes, for example, you know, and invariably they've got really, really solid, uh, you know, options to throw a good options in the team around them. I, you know, um, it, it's just like you know if. if if Hurts lost, you know, AJ and, you know, we, we had nobody to run the ball, would Hurts be looked upon as a great quarterback? I, I'm assuming that you both agree that he is a great quarterback, right, when I say yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, would, would he be looked at as a great quarterback if, if the team round about him failed? It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to say. I think, like, what you've said so far is that yeah, I agree. Um, certainly in that side, He's he's really really good. Um, you have to remember when when we played them in the playoffs last year and he got hurt, the, their their the whole team fell apart. Um, so yeah, very good point. That's for me. It, you know, part of being a quarterback is about you know knowing what your options are, knowing what your plays are, knowing what your reads are. You know, it's it's that that yeah. is being a quarterback. Uh, yeah, being able to actually throw the balls. Is, is part of it, you know, but there's probably tons of guys who can throw a ball who aren't great quarterbacks or don't make it to the top because, you know, it's it's the, the football knowledge, it's a, the dedication to, to learn, you know, all the plays, etc. And I, I think Purdy's shown that he's he's got what it takes to be a great quarterback, albeit if, you know, if you, if you took him out of that system and dumped him in a um, in an Arizona or something like that, maybe, maybe he's not going to be quite so good, but then who would be? Right, yeah. That's Kev, alarming Kev, the fair right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One sec, one second. Breaking news. One second, Brian. Before we do that, I'm going to let you do the breaking news. But I'm going to say one thing on, or just to kind of I think that because Shanahan's system has to be one of the best in the league, if not the best. There's reasons that Salah's now at the Jets and DeMarco Ryan's and that has went on to the Texans and suddenly they're turning around. Um, I think Bernard Purdy, (laughs) Brock Purdy's the drummer I always talk about. Brock Purdy, he might be a systems quarterback, but I think he is the perfect systems quarterback for that system. Because you even look at guys like Jimmy G, 
who's a good quarterback, yeah. he's better than him. And yep. he's done consistently, and it's not went away. Yep. Uh, now, breaking news to do with Kevin. Brian is now going to share some exciting news for you and for the group. The Eagles are signing former Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones. No way. We all love Julio Jones. Julio! How do you feel, Kevin? How does it make you feel as a fan? Um, yeah, great. I mean, uh, our, I'm sure our athletic trainers will be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> overtime, overtime all round for, in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Every, every, <laughs> every physiotherapist that the, the Eagles have. They're, they're all like, that mean they're all like coming out from behind the tree. Like, all the physios are like, oh, maybe the Eagles will be signing me now too. <laughs> There you go, that's going to shake some stuff up. Uh, let's just see how long it takes people to pick him up in fantasy. Um, oh, I'll right, be going okay, for the waiver wire in our league. Like the, Keith, uh, Keith's already there. He does this every <laughs> single time. Whenever a player's mentioned in the, the chat, like whether it's this show or the preview show, you just see, if you go to the, the, the chat stream on the Gridiron Crew League, you just see Keith has you know added a player or whatever, like our waiver <laughs> has been claimed. Like. <laughs> Right, okay chaps, we are going to get moving towards the end of this, this here episode um, because I promise to try and keep this one quick today because uh, the lucky's no free. Um, so, we are going to rattle our way through the rest in one. Uh, I am going to be strict, I'm going to be hard on you chaps yep. and I want them in one line, one word, as brief and to the point as you fine folks can. Um, <laughs> we, we've even got the news coming into us live from Grant as well, so thank you Grant, we we're making sure we're on point here mate. Uh, Thanks, but right, Brent. it's time for the rest in one. Stuart, we are starting with yourself. It was prime time. It was Thursday night football. It was Denver at KC, and they got leveled, uh, surprisingly. Give me it in one. Uh, Broncos off to the glue factory. Hey! Not the last of the international games, but it certainly was the last of the London games this year. Uh, Baltimore at Tennessee for at doing a bit of heavy lifting here. Uh, give me it in one, mate. Lamar lights up the last London game. Oh, I love the alliteration. Look at that. That's, that's, that guy did, did well in his exams. Uh, <laughs> like for me, it was Caroline at Miami. Oh, Panthers started strong, but they got drowned by a dolphin. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans, they're the Saints at the Texans, Stu. Loud and Stroud. Oi. He comes through, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was actually no, I was surprised at this one to be fair. This game actually went against Michael. Um yeah. the commanders at the Falcons. Uh I don't know. Washington what do you know? No, it was death by interception for the uh, for the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Love it. Um ugh, <laughs> I gave myself the Colts at, at the Jags. Just just book. The whole game was just book. Everything about it. <laughs> It's just awful. <laughs> it was one of the least exciting bits of football I've ever, ever really watched. Um, okay, I'm going to move on for that one. Uh, oh, right, oh. <laughs> just like, no comment. <laughs> no comment. It was just grim. I hated that game. Uh, right, okay. Oh, going from games that were thrilling to games that were, that were definitely not that thrilling. Uh, Vikings at Chicago. Stu. Uh, um, Bear down and Vikings. Not Kings. I don't know. I, I can't even do a one. Uh, it was that bad. Too. Somehow both well. teams lost that game, and I'm yeah. not entirely sure how both teams should have walked away with losses, but they should yeah. have. Um, yeah. On the notion of teams that deserve nothing but losses, Kev uh, Patriots at Raiders. Carlson gives New England a kicking. Uh, quite right. Uh, so you can't actually say anything on that. Uh, right for me, <laughs> Lions. Lions at Tampa Bay. One pride. The Lions are actually legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Stu, last one for yourself, mate. Cardinals at Rams, ramming it down. Getting the Judas Priest uh, album title in there, ram it down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Kev, Kev, final one for yourself. It was Sunday night prime time. Uh, it, it, again, odd games. Uh, Giants at Bills. Hard luck, hard luck for the G men. That's it. I, I want Taylor. What, you know, I mean, for a, for a backup to walk in, what a performance. Um, Aye, right. unlucky, unlucky. And to round it all off, there's only one way to say it the Chargers chargered it. There's nothing else to say. It's a Chargers. Um, right, okay. We are going to rattle this one quickly, chaps. We're going to do our statistic of the week. It's a week question for these boys this week. 
Um, so it feels like over the past couple of weeks, we keep talking about records being broken. Records, 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 records. Um, and this week, or this weekend, uh, we saw CMC score a touchdown for his 15th consecutive game. It didn't help his team. Um, and that was a record for, that was a, a record for he is now the tied highest, uh, sorry, he's now the joint second highest uh, consecutive touchdown scorer. But there's only one other player who has scored in more consecutive games than CMC. Do we know who it was or what team he played for? And uh, a wee spoiler, it was a while ago. Do you know, this is, I think this has happened to me before. There was a, there was a um, statistic of the week and I'd already seen the answer. Um, People need to stop getting these off the red zone. Um, (laughs) But, I, I'll still get it wrong. I'll still get it wrong because I just remembered one name jumped out at me when it when it was talking about CMC and his consecutive scores. Um, OJ Simpson was there. Is it OJ? No, that no. is who he is tied with. Ah, damn it. OJ and somebody else whose name evades me right now that he's tied with. Uh, Stu, you got a punt? Brown from the Browns. Back no, in- oh. no, it is not. The correct answer, chaps, is Lenny Moore. What's that? Who played for Lenny Moore, who nice played for the Baltimore Colts yeah. way back in the day. Uh, and even then, CMC is, he's, well, providing he plays uh, next week, he's on course to be, it's, uh, I think it's 18 games. He needs another three games with touchdowns and he would tie the all-time record. So there we go. Are we statistic? Oh, no. Oh, breaking news again. Uh, Packers are signing another running back. James Robinson has finally found a home, Brady. Finally, I, I love James Robinson. He is one, like genuinely one of my favourite players. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. Yeah, there you go. fantasy repercussions. Uh, sorry, I mean, right? Okay, uh, breaking news is over. Right, okay. With that, folks, that brings <laughs> us to the end of the pod tonight. Um, so thank you all very much for joining us. Now, please remember, ladies and gentlemen. You can keep up with the crew on Twitter. It's at Grid Iron Crew. We are on Insta at Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. Stick Grid Iron Crew into YouTube. Stick it into Twitch. Stick it into Threads. You will find us there, and you will find us wherever you get your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Help grow the community. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. All that good stuff. And um, now, as I say, that is another great weekend of football behind us, um, and it's all about week seven. So, will these um, previously undefeated teams bounce back? Uh, will we see the start of some uh, post bye week rejuvenation as the bye weeks are starting to come thick and fast now? Um, and are some seasons bust already? Could some teams just be looking for a, what are we calling it, um, collapse for Caleb um, to see how well they can do in next year's draft? Now, with all that said, folks, remember you can catch up with everything with the preview crew on Friday. I have been Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlin. He has been Stu. Thank you for joining me, mate. Thank you very much for having me on board. And he, of course, has been Kev. Thank you for joining us, mate. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. Cheers, Stu. And thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and we will catch you all in the next one.